are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. So I want you to turn with me, 2 Samuel chapter 19, and I want you to stand with me. And we're going to read the Word of God together. Let's everybody stand for the reading of the Word of God. Everyone standing for the reading of the Bible. And I'm going to begin reading in verse 9. And if you have a Schofield Bible, you'll see that the prefects here are the title of the verses that remain. David returns to Jerusalem. David had been in exile 60 miles, or 50 miles at least, across the Jordan River. Now, Jordan is about 19 miles from Jerusalem. So if you take 19, put it on about 50, David had gone 70 miles from Jerusalem. And he was in exile. And the people loved him in Jerusalem, and the people wanted to see him. Now, as they wanted to see David, the king, oh, I want to see our king. I want to see King Jesus, don't you? I want to see the Son of God. What a blessing it is to think about Jesus Someday we'll see him face to face, and we'll bow down and praise his name. But let's notice if you have your Bible open. And I'll begin reading with verse 9, and read down through verse 12. And all the people were at strife throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, The king saved us out of the hand of our enemies. Brother, I'm glad he saved me out of the hand of my enemies. And he had delivered us out of the hand of the Philistines. And now he has fled out of the land for Absalom. You remember Absalom rebelled against his dad, David. And Absalom, whom we anointed over us, is dead in battle. Now therefore, why speak ye not a word of bringing the king back? They said, well, why don't you start talking? And let's start telling people, we want to bring the king back. Let's start talking it everywhere. I believe, brother, you ought to talk about Jesus coming back everywhere you go. Somebody said, are you a premillennialist? I'm so pre on him, I can go to the post office anymore. Say amen right there. Amen. amen. I knew that'd make his eyes perk out over there. He said, you haven't said anything about the post office yet. But uh, that's right. Amen. I'm premillennialist. You know what a premillennialist is, and I know. We believe in the rapture. I know the king's not coming next in God's calendar events. Uh, Jesus, the bridegroom, is coming in the air, and he's going to snatch away the bride. Then there'll be seven years tribulation and then, hallelujah, he's coming back. Say amen right there. He's coming back. All right, let's read. And King David sent to Zogach and to Abnah and preached and saying, Speak unto the uh, elders of Judah, saying, Why are ye last to bring the king back to his house? Seeing the speech of all Israel is come to the king even to his house. Ye are my brethren, ye are my bones and my flesh. I don't have time to go into that tonight, but I want you to really study this verse. Ye are my brethren, ye are my bones, my flesh. Wherefore, then are ye last to bring back the king? Now notice what he said. Uh, he's writing here and he said, Ye are my brethren, you folks have a king, I have a king. He's in exile. Let's talk about that glorious day when we look down that road and see the chariot coming back up the road from Jericho up the road from the Jordan River, up the road from the land of exile. Let's keep our eyes down the road 
I believe tonight if you're saved, you've got your eyes on the eastern sky, and the Lord Jesus Christ is going to step out and sound that trumpet. And brother, the trumpet of the Lord's going to sound, and we're rising to meet him in the air. I would you be seated all over the house, everyone seated, and would you bow your head just for a moment? And in just a moment, I'm going to pray and bring you the message, the King is coming. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight, everybody praying. Everybody asking God to touch you. Our Father, thank you for every blessing we've enjoyed already. Thank you for this church and Brother Sandy. Our Father, we thank you tonight for the good singing. How it made melody. Oh, how it thrilled us. I'm glad the bride, here comes the bride, to ever be at his side. And one day our bridegroom is coming for us. And we thank you for that. But oh God, I'm glad that the King of the earth, he that sitteth upon the throne, shall laugh in the reason as men shall mock him. I'm glad that Jesus is going to be the King of kings and the Lord. Lord of Lords, one day, and I pray that tonight every heart and every soul shall be excited. And Lord, may this be an unusual service. There's somebody here tonight, Lord, that may be standing on the very brink of eternity. There may be someone, our Father, that's here backslidden out of fellowship of God. And I pray that tonight, that whatever said, that the sweet Holy Spirit shall take the words of the preacher and the Word of God, and may it be quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Oh, God, give us souls tonight. May the convicting power of the Holy Spirit be real in our hearing tonight. And we'll praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Beloved, tonight I want to speak to you on the King is coming. I do not know of anything any better than go out here on the streets and tell people that one of these days the King of glory. One of these days the King the Lord Jesus Christ shall come again. If you study the Bible, the New Christian Testament, you'll find that they had a word, and they called it Maranatha. Do you know what the word Maranatha means? It means, Behold, He cometh. And they walk and greet each other and say, Maranatha. And that meant the King's coming. That meant that Jesus Christ is coming back again. Now, I do not know why people would despise the doctrine of eschatology and the doctrine that the Lord Jesus is coming again. If there's anything that thrills me tonight, it's the thrill, it's the thrill of knowing that one glad morning that the same Christ that went away shall so come in like manner. As you see him go into heaven, so shall he come. But you say, Brother Mays, what about King Jesus? Did you know that Jesus came in this world? Did you know that Jesus lived 33 years, died on a Roman cross, and was buried in a borrowed tomb, got up on that third day. Forty days later, I stepped upon a cloud, and now seated at the right hand of God. And you say, why? The Bible said to this end, that he might be the Lord and the King of kings. To this end came Jesus Christ into this world. To this end did Jesus die on that cross. To this end he was raised from the dead. To this end he's coming back again. And I'm glad I'm looking for him. But if you've got your pencil tonight, I want to give you four things about the king. First, he is a rejected king. He was rejected and he still is rejected. You say, Brother Mays, I don't understand that. The Bible says in the Old Testament, the first question was, Adam, where art 
exile. Did you know that Adam was the king of the whole earth? And the first question in the New Testament is this question. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? You say, Brother May, did Jesus come? He came as the king. They said, the king of the Jews. And they said, where is he? But he was rejected because the Bible said when she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger, there was no room for him in the inn. They was rejected even in Bethlehem. The bread that came down from heaven came to the place of bread. And they rejected him. You'll not find where they ever received him. The Bible said in John 1 in verse 12, he came to his own. But his own received him not. Verse 11. But verse 12 said, but as many as to as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. To those that believe on his name. And I'm glad, my friend, but the Jews turned him down. He came and they said, away with him. We'll not have this king to rule over us. And they wouldn't have him. Why, Pilate said, when Pilate nailed him to a cross, old Pilate said, right, over inscribe these words, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. And my friend, they recognized, even Pilate did, that they crucified the king of Israel the king of the Jews. And so he was rejected back when he came in this world. But I say to you tonight, Jesus Christ is still rejected. In 1977, there's no room for him in Georgia. There's no room for Jesus in our homes. There's no room for Jesus in many of our churches tonight. He is the rejected king. But I want to show you something before I leave this first point. There was one time in Jesus ministry when he uh, it looked like was going to be accepted as king uh, my Bible said he got on a coat had never been ridden. And in John chapter 12, he started in Jerusalem at the feast time. There's a million and a half Jews standing around. And as they saw him coming and riding on that untamed donkey, Jesus rode in on that donkey. And they came out and started saying, Hosanna, the King of Israel. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Did you hear what I said? It says, Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. But they cried, Hosanna, the king of Israel. There they cried out, he's king. And brother, listen to me, they they took their palms and they cut him down and he strode him in the way. The Bible said they took off their coats and they said, Hosanna. And I believe that crowd that there were that day, there were some that accepted him. You said, Brother Mace, who do you believe was there? I believe it was a little boy there. And those Pharisees said, stop these folks from shouting and crying Hosanna to the king. There's always that crowd that don't want you to say amen. They don't want you to say hallelujah. They don't want you to get in place out of the service. But I'm glad, praise the Lord, when God begins to stir my heart, squeezes my heart, juice runs out my eyes, and praise the Lord. I can enjoy the blessings of God. But you say, preacher, the Pharisee said, stop, stop him, stop these people. Jesus said, if these Stop praising me as the king 
the rocks of trials. Oh, Santa, and brother, I don't want the rocks to do my shouting, and I don't want the mountains to do my praising. The Bible said in the millennial reign that the trees will clap their hands. There's coming a day, bless the Lord. Every old tree around here is going to lift up his head. Isaiah said, clap its king. And the Bible said, the rocks and the mountains will sing. Wouldn't you let to hear a mountain around here? Open its mouth and begin to sing. Hosanna to the Lord. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. But he said, stop him. I believe there's a little old boy standing there, and he's just jumping up and down. One of them said, stop, son. Can't you be quiet? Don't you know that we cannot have the shouting? Now the little boy looked up and said, Mister, you ought to have been there that day. But I was the only one that had enough faith to bring a lunch. And when I brought my lunch, said I handed it to Jesus. And he took five barley loaves and two little fishes. And he broke the bread. And he broke the fishes. And he blessed them and handed them out. And five thousand men, plus the women and the children, ate. And they were filled. And nobody went away hungry. You say, Brother Mason, I don't see how it was. I believe Jesus took it up, took it, put his hand just like I am my handkerchief. He said, Now, Father, I thank thee for this bread. Now, I believe every time he, he broke that, he jumped out. Glory to God, he'd break it, he'd jump out. And every time he'd break it, he'd jump out. Until they had a, and somebody said, Well, preacher, what happened? They all ate and were filled. And the Bible said, When they all ate and were filled, let me tell you something else. Did you know he put a tablecloth out there for them? You said, I didn't know that. It said the place where he did that, that was green grass. Oh, you they had the prettiest green tablecloth. I, I believe it had little roses uh, and uh, little flowers all over it. Uh, and brother decorated that thing up. But you watch this. Uh, and when he finished, uh, there were twelve basketfuls left over. Uh, you say, what did what did he do with those twelve basketfuls? Uh, he knew twelve unbelieving Baptist preachers down the road, uh, and he sent them one apiece. Thank God. Uh, and he said, you folks can have it. Uh, I see that little boy shouting uh, and praising God. Uh, they said, stop him. He said, I can't stop. I saw him take my lunch and feed the multitude. I believe there's a little straight woman standing as straight as an arrow. And she's clapping her hands and praising God. And one of them said, sister, why don't you shut up? Praising the king. She said, I can't. I can't. Let me tell you, I all grown up and said, I've tried everything and I've spent all my money. And then I heard about Jesus and said, one day he passed by. And if Jesus passed by, I said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she said, Mr., just as Jesus passed by, I reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Let me say this to you tonight. It's good to reach out. Surely somebody here tonight can muster enough faith to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Praise the Lord. But I there's a third one, and I'll go to the next point. I believe there's a fellow standing there with the brightest eyes you've ever seen. He didn't have to have glasses on. Bless God, his eyes is bright. And I imagine as he said, Hallelujah! 
Hosanna to the king. They said, stop saying Hosanna to the king. He said, a king. He said, one sat alone behind, beside the highway begging and said, Jesus passed by, put mud in my eyes and said, go down to the pool of Siloam and you'll come away seeing. And I, I see him. She starts down there. Can you imagine all that old mud in his eyes? And he starts down to the pool of Siloam and, he, and I can see him as he walks along the way and he meets a lady from the first church and she takes out her hanky and said, let me wipe your mud out of your eyes. He said, no, thank you, ma'am. Said, if you'll show me to the way of the pool, I'm going to come back seeing. He had enough faith to know if he found the pool of Siloam that he'd come back seeing. I imagine he stood there that day and said, mister, I'll not sh- stop shouting because, praise the Lord, he opened my eyes. And there's one thing I know. First, I was blind. Now, I want to say to you, not everybody rejected the Lord Jesus back then. And not everybody's rejected Him today. But I want you to know, He's the rejected King. They don't want Him in Washington. They don't want Him in London. They don't want Him, brother, in Rome, Italy. They don't want Him in Jerusalem. But one morning, verse God, He's coming back. Listen to me. The last time the world saw Jesus, they rejected Him and He's hanging on the cross. The next time the world will see Jesus... They'll not see Him in the rapture. They'll see Him when He comes in power and great glory. And every eye shall see Him. And they that have pierced Him will wail and cry. They'll say, Brother Mays, He's the rejected King. And then secondly tonight, not only is He the rejected King, but my friend, He's the righteous King. First Peter 2.22 says, Who did no sin, neither was there God found in Him. He had to be the Lamb without sin. Spotted without wrinkle. No wonder John the Baptist said when he waded out in that Jordan River, held up his hand and saw the Lamb. He said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. One day Jesus stood with his hands tied, and Pilate looked at him and he said, What do you think? He said, Pilate said, I've looked this way, I've looked that way, and i found no fault. I haven't found anything wrong with this man. Brother, they couldn't find anything because he was the holy of holies. He was the purest of the pure. He was the lamb without spot. He was righteousness. He was our righteousness. Somebody said, Preacher Mays, you're not righteous. But over in the book of 1 Corinthians 1.30, it says he was made our righteousness. And glad that I have His righteousness. And it's just as though I've never sinned. Beloved Jesus, it's the King who is righteous. I want you to do something when you get home. If you don't believe I'm telling you the truth, you go back and look at nearly every king in the Old Testament. They were wicked. They took awful steps. They did awful things. I want to tell you about one who's righteous, who always has, always will do the right thing. Hallelujah. Nobody can say his proclamation will not be right. Everything that he's ever done, everything that he'll ever do, he'll do it 
right, mister. Thank God I'm grace the righteous king. Righteousness means five things. Did you know to be righteous means five things? Let me give you one thing it means. It means to do right. And when you think about the Son of God, the King of glory, He's going to do right. First of all, He's going to do right about salvation. Those that come to Him, He's not going to cast out. And then He'll save you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I was preaching one night in Glen Haven about 15 years ago. And I got through preaching that night just about through. And I said, if you was the only person in the world, I said, Jesus Christ would have come to this world and died for you. And when I said that, a young girl jumped up over on the side and said, it's not so. Brother Randy started to get up. I said, hold it. And that girl said, it's not so. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I said, young lady, you sit down. And when I finish preaching, I'll talk to you. But I said, if you were the only sinner in this world, Jesus so loved you that he would have left the ivory palaces of heaven. And he who knew no sin would have come down for you and died and be made sin for you. When I got through preaching, guess who was the first one at the altar? That little girl ran down there just crying, hit that altar and got saved. And when she got up, here's what she said. She said, my mother and daddy brought me up in Florida for a little while and then they divorced and they kicked me around and she said I've never been to church like this I never heard that Jesus so loved me that if I'd have been the only sinner in the world that Jesus Christ would have died for me but she said I'm glad I believe it now I said praise God I'm glad I believe it now oh you say brother means I'm glad he'll do right he'll save from the guttermost the animals by Christ Jesus. I'm glad. Secondly, he'll do right about sin. He's going to judge sin. Now, don't you put... Listen, every person in this house, God's going to bring sin into judgment. I'm glad my sin was brought into judgment on Calvary 1900 years ago. And there's no condemnation to those that in Christ Jesus now. As far as my pardon and as far as my judicial standing with God, my sin has been judged. I'm pardoned in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you say, hey, preacher, God's going to do right about salvation, about sin. He's going to do right about service. You say, preacher, I've never gotten much for serving God. Well, if you give a cold cup of water in the name of the Lord, you shall not lose your reward. A missionary that leaves his family and goes to the foreign mission field. Brother, listen to me. He may not have the bands to play. He may not have the comforts of this life. I want to tell you when it's all over. And the Lord Jesus said, Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. That'll be worth everything. The Bible said, Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor's not in vain in the Lord. You hear me tonight, my friend? I'm glad Jesus is going to do right about our service. Number four, then I'll have to go to the state. He's going to do right about our suffering. Some of you say, preacher, I've suffered. You know, Paul couldn't understand his suffering. And I can't understand it, beloved. Don't come up here and ask me, Brother Mays, why? I tithe. I go to church every Sunday, every Wednesday night. I live clean. I pray. Why? 
shall I have to suffer? I do not know. It's one of those mysteries. Paul said three times, Second Corinthians chapter 12, move that thorn out. Oh, he said, God, remove that thorn. And God said, no, sir, Paul, I can't remove your thorn. I'll tell you what I will do. i got a tub of grace all up here. And bless God, I'll pour it around that thorn. And my grace is sufficient for your suffering. And beloved, tonight, God's grace is sufficient for every suffering Christian. And then he goes on and tells us not to be disturbed about our sufferings, these light afflictions. Listen, we ought to be disturbed because the Bible said if we suffer for Him, we shall also reign. One day, bless God, we'll exchange the cross for a crown. You say, preacher, what about the Lord Jesus? First of all, He's the rejected King. Secondly, He's the righteous King. Number three, He's the rightful King. What right does Jesus Christ have to this world? Now, you know, here's what we premillennialists have gotten over a lot of people. I mean, a lot of people call me and used to write me and say, Preacher May, what do you do? Preach a second chance to repent. I've never preached a second chance. I've never got up and said that I'm premillennialist and I believe you have a second chance. No, sir. They, t- they said that I preached a thousand years to get ready. No, sir. I never preached no such as that. But I'll tell you this. Listen to me. I believe this with all of my heart that we need to know that Jesus Christ died for three things. He died for your soul. He died for your body. And this body is not saved yet. Uh, Romans 8 said, waiting for the redemption of the body. Uh, some morning fair, uh, I'll have a new body. Uh, praise God, I'm so glad. Uh, you put on a new robe, uh, and this old robe will fall off. Uh, and then Jesus died for this earth, uh, and this earth is groaning uh, under the curse of God. Uh, but when Jesus comes, uh, the curse shall be lifted. Uh, and when we see that, uh, that helps us. But you say, Brother Mays, uh, what right does Jesus Jesus Christ have to be king over this world. Two, two reasons why he's got a right to be king. First, he made it. All that was made was made by him. Oh, you listen to me. He created the heaven and the earth. And it's Jesus. I want you to know, my friend, the Son of God created it. It's his by creation. Number two, it's his by redemption. He said his precious blood. And what a blessing it is to know that he's got the right to be king. One of the sweet verses over in the New Testament, the book of the Revelation, John said, I saw. You'll read every time in the book of the Revelation where it said, John said, I saw. And it'll amaze you how many times God said, look over here, John. I want you to see something. And John said, I saw. One sit on the throne, and in his right hand he had a book. And in that book you'll find the title deeds of the earth. Now you remember the devil's lease is about to run out on this thing. And Brother Jesus has got the title deeds. And he owns it and he's coming back for it. Now you put that down. But that one away said, I saw one sitting on the throne. And in his right hand he had a book. And in that book he uh, written inside and on the back seven seals. And John said, I 
saw a strong angel. And that angel said, Who is worthy to take the book and to break the seals and to read the writing thereof? And he said, I looked up in heaven and I found no one worthy. He said, I looked down in the earth and I found no one worthy. He said, I looked under the earth and I found no one worthy to take the book out of his hand. Break the seven seals thereof and read the writing inside. And then John said, I knelt down, started weeping, and the tears started coming like this. And then John said, I heard an elder say, Weep not, John, behold. And John beheld something. He said, I saw the line of the tribe of Judah. Oh, he said, I saw the root of David. And he said, He hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. He is able to take the book and to open up the book and to break the seals thereof. You talk about something that blesses me. If you read that last verse in chapter 4 before it says, And I saw he that, he that sat on the throne of the book, it says, For thou art worthy. For thou, for thou, not the bandist, not the preacher, not the choir, but he said, For thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thee and for thy pleasure were they created. You say, preacher, who's he talking about? He's talking about the one that's worthy. He's talking about the rightful one. He's talking about the one that's got the right to take the book out, open it up, and read the inside, and break the seven seals thereof. And aren't you glad tonight, my beloved? friend. I'm glad he is the rightful king. Praise God. Then I had another, and I'm going to have to skip it to go to the last, but he's the reigning king. In your heart right now, you need to crown him as Lord. Not many people know the Lordship of Christ, but brother, we'll never have God until we announce he's Lord. And one of these days, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord of the living and he's Lord of the dead. And I'm glad in my heart he reigns tonight. You say, hallelujah, he's the reigning king. In my soul he reigns now. And you'll never be that Christian that you ought to be until the Son of God reigns on your heart and sits upon the throne and tells you because the Bible says that he is king of kings and Lord of lords. Let me give you this life thing tonight. Uh, and he'll take a few minutes on this. Listen, uh, he's the returning king. Oh, you know what happened to Jerusalem? Uh, Jerusalem would weep. Uh, and they'd stand around on the street, all those old Jews, uh, over there in Second Samuel 19. Uh, and somebody said, what's the matter? Well, uh, Absalom rebelled and our king's gone. Uh, you know, they love their king. Uh, oh, they love their king. Uh, something about the king they love. Uh, they love his face. Uh, they love his voice. Uh, they love to see him. There's something about the king called David that Jerusalem loved. And here he was going in exile, 70 miles all together across the Jordan River. And there he was over there. 
And one day, some of those Jews got to walk in the streets of Jerusalem and said, let's, why not talk about it? Let's talk about the king coming back. And the Bible said, like, you, you read this and you get home. In Malachi, the last chapter, it said they spake one to another. You know what they're talking about in Malachi, the last chapter? They're talking about the first coming of Jesus. And they were whispering around, he's coming. And in the fullness of time, Jesus Christ was born of a virgin in Bethlehem of Judea. But way back under the Old Testament, in the days of King David, they said he's gone. And they walked and they mourned. And then somebody said, why not? Let's talk about the king coming back. And I want you to see the picture days past. And then they announced, Absalom is dead. Absalom, let's get the king back. And one morning there's out there on the street, the line street, a trumpet sounded. Across the way they saw a chariot coming. And some of those old people started clapping their hands and dancing in the streets. And they said, yonder comes the king. You should go out in Jerusalem. And they blew a trumpet and they said, sidestep. And a mile and a half before the king, Hosein got there. Boy, they pushed me aside, and he drove up in that limousine, and they said, King Hussein of Jordan is here! And everybody stands back for the king. My mind went back to Israel, back to Jerusalem, back to that time when old David sent him a message, said, tell him I'm coming home today. Tell him, bless God, to look for the chariot. I'm going to cross the Jordan, and I'm coming back to Jerusalem. And that morning was a, I don't believe there's a, a cloud in the sky. I believe that was one of the prettiest days that Jerusalem's ever had. And they say, stood there and looked down toward the Jordan, down toward Jericho, down the road toward Bethany. After a while, the trumpet sounded, and the people started shouting. And they said, the king is coming. The king is coming. I believe tonight the sweet Holy Spirit is whispering to God's children, praise God, look down the road. It's a, the king's coming. And I tell you, it's good tonight to know that we can be ready for the rapture of the church. Ready for the Lord Jesus to come again. He said, be ye all so ready. Let me give you an illustration. This has always been blessed to me. I have three sons. My second son used to tell me when we'd get ready to go to church, he'd say, Daddy, can you tell out about the king? And if you've ever been to London, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, if you ever go to Canada, you know what I'm talking about. Every highway's marked up there, the crown. Everything's the crown. When the mounted police rescue, they rescue in the name of the crown. It's always the crown. And they've always in London looked up to the king or the queen. Now it's the queen, but you used to be the king. Back in the days, years ago, they say there's a king that lived in London. And he'd get in his chariot, sit back in his carriage, and they'd go down the street. And it'd sound the trumpet, and people run out on the streets and say, Hey, king! Stop at our house and eat with us today. And he'd look out his window and say, Thank you. You love the king, don't you? And then he'd ride on down to that big chariot and people run out and say, Hey, king! Live forever. And one day the king, he'd always take, the chariot would go down and there's eight railroad tracks all down there. And he always turned around down at that eight, eight, where those big eight tracks were. And come back. And he'd always be glad to get back to pull off his crown, pull off his robe, lay his sepulcher down. One day he got back and he said, listen to me, I'm going to let somebody go ahead and find a tramp just my size. And I want to, I, I, I want to let my hair grow out. Now I'm going to jag it up good. 
And he said, I'm let my beard grow for at least a couple of months. Then he said, I'm going to put me on some old ragged clothes. And I'm going to put a stick over my shoulder. And I'm going to let them open up the big gate here at the palace. And I'm going right down that street where I prayed. And I'm going to see if they love me as much as they say they do. Two months passed by and he got him an old shirt. And I mean, it was ragged. His hair was jaggered up and his beard was long. And he looked terrible. And he got him an old stick and put over his shoulders and breeches and his shoes and his toes. One of the serfs, they don't call them servants, they call them serfs. One of the serfs said to him, King, if I didn't know you as a king, you'd fool me. I'd believe you as the biggest tramp on the street today. He said, that's what I want them to think. I want them to know. I want them to see if they really love me. He looked at him. He said, don't you call Scotland Yard? He said, if you call Scotland Yard, I'll put you in jail. He said, it may be a day. It may be two days. It may be three days, but I'll be back. And he said, I want to find out if they really love the king or if they're really ashamed of the king. So finally, they blew the trumpet up there and he said, all right, open the gates. And he went down, started down the street. He walked up to that lady that always went out and said, come and eat with me, king. And he said, how you do, ma'am? Would you have anything to eat for me? And she looked up and saw his old ragged shirt and his old ragged britches. And she said, get away from me, you tramp. Don't you know I, we have nothing to do with tramps on this street? He said, yeah, but you don't know who I am. She said, it don't make any difference who you are. Get out of here! And he said, I didn't know that you felt like that. You've always wanted me to come and eat with you. And then he took and walked to the next house. And he said, well, maybe I made a mistake walking up where the lady was in the garden there. But I'll go to the back door. And he went to the back door this time. Knocked on the door. And when he knocked on the door, a woman came to the door and said, seek him. Seek the dog on him. And the dog bit the old tramp of the king on the leg. And he said, ma'am, call the dog off. said, you've always wanted me to live forever. And she said, not you, you tramp you. I want you to live forever. Get out of here. I'll seek that dog again on you. He said, it's a funny thing. You've always asked me to live forever. And he walked all day that day down that street. And nobody let him in. He came to the eight tracks. And he looked across over there, saw a little house on the other side of the eight tracks. And he said, I've never been over there. Never been across these tracks in my parade, but I'm going over there now. And the roof was about to fall in. The windows weren't too sturdy. And he went over there and he knocked on the door. And slowly a door opened. And stood a man trembling, a little girl holding to her daddy's breeches leg. And she looked up and said, Hi, mister. And he said, Hi, how are you today? First time anybody's spoken kind to me. Thank you for being kind. And the man said, Get out of here. Get out! said, they have a decree here that if we have anything to do with a bomb on the street or, or we have anything to do with a tramp, they'll put us in jail. And he said, by the way, we're poor anyway. We're, we're just not out on the streets. And we don't have but just a cup of soup apiece. And, and, and that's all we've got. One for my girl, one for me, one for my wife. And the little girl looked up at him and smiled and said, Mister, you can come in if Daddy will let you and have my soup. I'll do without soup tonight. Said, Mister... I like you. And said, you can come in, sleep in my bed, and I'll sleep on a pallet tonight. And he said, would you let me in, sir? You mentioned, come in before anybody sees you. And they took the old king in, and he went in and sat down and put his old stick over there in his old ragged clothes. And, and, and the man said, I'll go in and my wife. I'll call you in a minute. The little girl came and said, mister, I'm glad you stopped by my house. I don't know why they don't like you. I like you. Said, you know, I... I'm glad you came. And if you ever come back this way, 
stop at my house. You can have my soup. You can sleep in my bed. And so they, he ate her soup and he slept in her bed that night. Next morning they had a little breakfast. And when they finished, he said to the man, and the woman said, would you go in the other room, please? Go in the other room. And so they went in the other room and King said to the girl, come over here. And you don't know who I am. And you'll, you, 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 you'll never believe this, but look at my eyes. Get down here in front of me. Right down there. That's right. Now I'm going to get right down in front of you. That king got right down on his knees and, and she looked at him and she started to cry. She said, I've never seen eyes like that, mister. They're so kind and so tender. Oh, I'm glad I was good to you. And he said, don't forget these eyes. He said, Mom, Dad, come quickly. I've got to go. He got his stick, put it over his shoulder. He said, I'll be back. I'll be back. And he started and he ran out and ran across the eight tracks and started up the road and ran and he ran. He'd stop and rest. Nobody offered him a place to come and sit down. Nobody threw him out of biscuit. Finally, they saw him from the tower of the palace and they said, Open the gates and blow the trumpet. The king is coming. And so they opened the gates. And the king ran in. He was also tired. The serfs ran out and said, We've got the doctor to examine you. And he said, Forget the doctor. He said, We've got everything. Oh, he said, I've been eating in a good house. I've been eating in a kind house. I don't need nothing to eat. He said, get my barber. I want the best haircut I've ever had. I want the best shave I've ever had. I want you to get the best robe. Oh, but King, rest a while. Oh, he said, no. No! He said, I found me a family. I'm going back for that family. And said, I want you to, I want you to hurry now. And he said, can you go tomorrow? He said, no, I've got to go today. And said, get the biggest chariot we got. And eight of the finest horses in England. And said, I used to sit inside the carriage. But I'm going to sit up there with the driver today. Now I want that trumpet here to go before the horses and the chariot. And bow and say, the king's coming. And so after about two hours, he got up there and he said, you've never sat up here with the driver. He said, yes, I've done a lot of things I never had done until yesterday. And he said, you drive on. But you stop when they run out. I want to speak to them. And they blew the trumpet. And they said, blow the trumpet. The women run out and said, I live forever, king. And he looked down and he said, I did stop here. You seek the dog on me. You're ashamed of me now. I'm ashamed of you. Oh! So they'd go on. And he'd stop. And when he'd stop, the lady said, Hey, king, I want you to get out and come and eat at my house. He said, you wouldn't give me a biscuit yesterday. You said, I, you, you, said it, you, said you didn't want anybody like me around. And you told me to get out and you'd have me arrested. Said you was ashamed of me, and I'm ashamed of you. And the chariot kept going, and finally they came to the eight tracks, and, and the serf pulled the reins back. Said, "Whoa!" Said King, "We here's where we turn around." He said, "No, here's where we used to turn around." He said, "We're going right over there, that house across the tracks today." And that that man said, "I I, I don't think." He said, "Don't make a difference what you think. You drive right up in front of that little house." And the man said, now surely you won't get down. Let me get down. Your feet have never touched. Oh, he said, but my feet haven't touched that ground. He said, oh, get down. And they pulled that big chariot over there. And the king looked at him and said, does my crown look good? Does my, does my robe look good? My scepter could look good? He said, yes, sir, king, it looks good. He said, thank you. He walked up and took that big hard scepter and said, and the door slowly opened and the man opened it up and said, he's just a trap on the street. He just a tramp on the street, Mr. King. We didn't know. We gave him what best we had. You can put him in jail, but he's just a tramp on the street. That little girl, 
holding on to daddy's breeches leg, wiped away the tears and said, I don't care what you say, Mr. King. If he ever comes back, he can have my bread. If he ever comes back, he can have my bed to sleep in. Mr. I want you to know I'm not ashamed of him. That king said to her, Daddy and Mama said, Go in the back in the kitchen and wait just a minute. They went back in the kitchen to wait. And when they went back in the kitchen to wait, he got down on his knees and said, Come here. That little girl walked over there trembling and said, I don't care what you say. I still love him. And he, he had the prettiest eyes. And he took that crown, pushed it back, and he said, Look in these eyes again. That little girl started looking in those eyes. She started screaming, clapping her hands. And, oh, she said, No! Mother and dad came running and said, What's wrong? Is he hurting? She said, No. He was a tramp yesterday, but he's the king today. I just looked in his eyes. He's the king. And he gathered him up and took him and put him in the carriage. I can see him standing up there, Jerusalem now. They looked down the road and somebody started shouting and they started waving their hands. And they said, Yonder he comes. The chariots are coming. The kings are coming. He said, if you're ashamed of me in the sinful and adulterous generation, I'll be ashamed of you when I come before my father. The king's coming. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.